This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Uh, Roy Williams, 930. Amaka Agugwa Hamilton, the new women's basketball coach at Virginia, coming up at 945. Uh, we start the power hour with a lot of power. Here is Nina King, the director of athletics at Duke. Uh, also has a role, chair of the Division I Women's Basketball Championship. We'll talk about some of that, too. But let's get to the travel schedule, shall we? How's that going? How are you managing the last couple of weeks? Because I think people just think, oh, it's the NCAA tournament, it's venues, it's towns, it's so forth. Unless it's like you, Bubba Cunningham, Jim Phillips, all three of you are trying to manage kind of, well, in Jim's case, his participating institutions. In your case, Duke and the championship on the ladies' side. Bubba's a men's basketball championship committee member. And, oh, by the way, Carolina's in it. So, real quick, how's that go? I mean, it's a little frenetic and short on sleep? Yes, all of that, (laughs) but really exciting. Uh, So I'm in Durham right now. I woke up this morning and kind of did a check, where am I? Uh, Still in Durham, head to Minneapolis today. We've got committee preparation and and meetings tomorrow for Minneapolis, and then I'll do a little back and forth between uh, Minneapolis and New Orleans, um, and just grateful to to have the opportunity to to be in both places and, and get ready for some really exciting games this weekend. Nina, we got a lot to cover with you on a different front. So first things first, though, I appreciated the opportunity to park the Ford F-150 in the driveway. Uh, when we yeah, what a tailgate there. we had. It was tremendous. <laughs> Again, the hospitality oh sensation, really? uh, which was awesome. Uh, so I don't know the next time I'll get to Duke, but I know where you live. So that's a good thing. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, second thing, given all the hoopla that surrounded that particular weekend, Coach K's last home game, North Carolina comes in and ruins the party, per se. Uh, now we're going to get this game again. Uh, what's this been like for you? I can't even imagine what it's like for Coach K, but the, the preparation work for not only that deal, but now what this is turning into in terms of a Final Four visit for the Blue Devils again going down to New Orleans. What's that like for you? For me, <laughs> easy. Um, it's been a magical ride and, and just so excited for for coach and our student athletes for the program. Um, of course, I sit in the stands really nervous and, and um, kind of have that uneasy feeling throughout the games. And, and this one will be no different for me as, as a spectator, um, but just really excited for Coach K and, and these guys uh, to have the opportunity to first and foremost be in the Final Four. I mean, to, to get to where they are um, at this point in the season is, is just incredible. Um, and then, you know, let's go, bring it on. North Carolina Duke for the first time in, in Final Four history. Um, I think everybody's amped up and, and ready to go. Um, preparation, um, you know, we're, we're doing all of the same things for as if it were any team um, mm. preparing, a, a, you know, for the game uh, on Saturday. Um, and the guys are, are just excited and motivated and even better that it's our rival just down the street. You know, it's kind of interesting, though, for those of us that have been around it for a long time, it, it does seem like this next stage of this event that is Duke Carolina twice a year in the regular season, occasionally in the ACC tournament, we now get to take it to a, a maybe a level it hasn't been to, Nina. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have scripted it any differently. Um, you know, as we said, this has not happened in the NCAA tournament before and, and certainly not in the Final Four. And so to be playing North Carolina uh, in the national semifinal game um, is is really unscripted, hasn't happened and, and exciting. Um, and so I think that's how we have to look at it as an opportunity for our, our program um, to play in the national semifinals and it just happens to be North Carolina. Yeah. Nina, is it safe to say that uh, you and Bubba aren't going to share costs and everybody's going to fly down together? <laughs> is, that, is that safe to say that Duke and Carolina aren't going to pull that off this week? Not sharing a charter. <laughs> safe to say. Yeah. I do have to say, though, I mean, Bubba's great. He and I are great friends. And I like to tell people when we, we first met, I was an intern, uh, my first job at Notre Dame, and I used to babysit his kids. And uh, so, you know, our, our families go back a, a long way. We're great friends. Now, Saturday night, eh, I don't know how yeah. much we're going to talk, um, but, but he's great. And, and what he's done at Carolina has just been incredible. Yeah, I think the connectivity between the two institutions, not just in basketball, but as you know, across the brand in athletics is really impressive. And uh, it's, a, it's a great thing. It's a great thing for the two schools that this stage is, is the presenting area on, uh, on Saturday night. Nina, this is also, and I mentioned this with Seth Greenberg last hour, this is also the finality. I mean, this is, I mean, look, there are only so many games left to go here for Mike Krzyzewski. Um, and, and you've been around him and certainly with counsel and meeting with him. I think it's been interesting in the last three and a half weeks in particular that we've been able to see kind of that side that maybe some of us got to see in years prior to, but now more are getting to see it. It's almost as if everybody's kind of calmed down with the landscape and, and kind of this moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, there was so much pressure and, and emotion going into uh, the last game of the regular season here in Cameron, North Carolina Duke. Um, but in the tournament, it's, um, you know, it's just kind of been a, well, here's our magical ride. Let's go out and, and play. We've got nothing to lose. And, um, you know, just having fun. And I think Coach K and, and really all of the coaches have just been really loose having fun with it. Um, and so the players feed off of that energy. And, and here we are a couple weeks into the tournament going into the last weekend and so I'm no different again this week um, just loose fun go out there and let's win two more games you know I know you're wearing multiple hats here I want to switch gears uh, last night uh, we had two more women's elite eight games and the NC State UConn game was awesome I mean it, it was a showcase for the sport uh, regardless of winner regardless of location for a degree for a second uh, this game was just spectacular. It was one of the best basketball games you'd ever want to watch, regardless of gender. Uh, it was great for the sport to elevate it to the next level. Uh, after you've gone through this whole thing, and I'm not going to bring up the whole NC State. I'm sure they're sending you tons of Christmas cards with the Bridgeport <laughs> thing. I'm not going to put that to the side. But as the game now reached the point where we don't have to have a quote-unquote home court for anybody moving forward in the women's game, because last night was awesome. It was just a great basketball game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. What an exciting time for women's basketball and, and to showcase um, two high-level teams uh, in, in that game last night and followed by, uh, followed by Louisville winning um, out in Wichita. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting to note next year we kind of changed the format of the, the women's tournament. Instead of four regional sites, we're moving to two regional sites. And so we'll have eight teams at, at two regions. Um, next year happens to be in Greenville and Seattle. 
Um, and so uh, a little bit more neutral, if you will, uh, depending on, on who your team is and, and who you're rooting for. But I'm excited to see the impact of that change. Um, you know, we don't have to keep doing things the way that they've always been done. And so um, just grabbing hold of an opportunity to create something different, uh, I think will be exciting for next year. And then obviously we're celebrating the, the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So Dallas will be the site of the Final Four and, and we'll really celebrate that um, for the women's Final Four where they'll host Division One, Two, II, and Three uh, yeah. national championships over the same weekend. So next year we've got some really exciting things going on in terms of format for the women's tournament. But not to take away what's happened this year. I mean, what an amazing game last night and over the past two weeks. Um, first and second rounds, we've seen record-breaking attendance numbers yeah. uh, at, at our across our 16 sites and then um, across all four regionals. Incredible games and, and um, people all around the country are just really seeing the growth of, of women's basketball and, and the exposure. And these young ladies have worked really hard to get to where they are. And it's exciting to, to have um, a lot of eyeballs on what's happening in women's basketball. Nina, there is uh, the growth piece of this, right? I mean, that's the part that I think we all heard about equality of the event. And we've seen some of that branding, marketing, you know, that kind of deal. For me, the most revealing thing the last couple of weeks has been listening to coaches and Dawn Staley and Tara Vanderveer had some really interesting comments about the financial side of this. We asked Muffet about that yesterday. I mean, as someone who kind of stands both the lines, you understand it as an AD, you also understand it as a committee chair. This event now is, is ascending. It's got to be taken advantage of. There's a lot of things can do structurally. But I'll ask this, in, in some ways, is the campus site situation, you mentioned the double regional site next year. Um, I mean, are we moving in a different direction with this women's event to create the equality for the men's event in comparison? You know, I mean, I think that's a, a big conversation and something that, that the committee and the NCAA staff continue to evaluate and look at. Um, like I said, I mean, we're not opposed to change. We don't have to keep doing things the same way. And so as this continues to grow and as we want to uh, place emphasis on, on creating an equitable experience for both our, our men's and women's student athletes, um, everything's on the table. I mean, we, we will certainly look at, at different formats and, and see what really is best for uh, for the game and, mm -hmm. and for our student athletes. So at this point, um, we are still planning on um, top 16 hosting, uh, but it's a conversation that the committee continues to have to just you know determine what's best. All right, let me let me follow up real quick here to add to this. Some of the things that have been done in terms of location for regionals, be it Bridgeport, wherever it may be, obviously there, there's some financials involved in that. Is that why the discussion has to happen about, you know, whether the two regionals work or whether there's a tournament bid for just the women's event, not looped in with 23 other sports or 24 other sports? Is that a really important premium in the future of the women's basketball tournament? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's certainly something that we need to, to talk about. Um, the format, the locations, and and what's best for the game. And in talking about what's best for the game, first and foremost is student-athlete experience. And we really need to place a, a premium on student-athlete experience and then take into account everything else that comes with it. Okay. The fan experience, um, you know, our, our television partners and our institutions and just all of the factors that go into putting on 
uh, the 68 team tournament. And so, like I said, everything is on the table and, and certainly something that, that the committee talks about every year. Um, and as we have an opportunity to, to um, you know, renegotiate contracts and, and value uh, this tournament, these are all talking points and, and factors that are going to come into play here for the future. Nina, I just want to follow up one more time, though, on Bridgeport. And, and we'll put yep. this to rest. Because at the end of the day, three one seeds and a two seed have made it to Minneapolis. So a seeding perspective, hey, you know what? You get all four one seeds, quite frankly, you kind of got it right. But three ones and a two, not bad. But when you guys finished up in the room and said, all right, we think we've reached the finish line. Here's what the bracket looks like. How much conversation took place of, you know what? UConn's a two. If everything is chalk, and again, I know you don't work on ifs. But you could have a one-two where NC State's the higher seed basically playing in Connecticut. That had to be a conversation point amongst the group, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, once we look at the bracket, uh, you know, the first thing we do is, is select the teams and then we seed and then we bracket um, and then we look over it and we say, you know, what are our things that are going to come up? And of course, that's something uh, UConn being placed in in the, the Bridgeport region as a two seed, um, something that we talk about. But there's no conspiracy theory behind it. I mean, we didn't um, put UConn there um, to, to disadvantage anybody else. Um, we followed the bracket bracketing principles and procedures um, relative to, to selection and seating. Um, and then, you know, we don't want to adjust anything to compromise the integrity of the process. And so that's the way that it, it worked out this year um, after, you know, kind of following step by step uh, the way that we, we select and, and seed and then ultimately bracket teams. Okay. Um, real quick, you've got plenty going on as the winner kind of wraps your spring's exploded here. I mean, uh, holy smokes, look at this. Now, this is the ranking. It's top 25, six sports, Nina. I mean, the beat yeah. goes on here. I don't know what you think is going to finish after Monday night, hopefully, but goodness heavens, what are you going to what are you going to do in the spring? You're just going to double down, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go. I'm really excited. I mean, we've got our teams performing at a, at a really high level here. Um, we've also got women's outdoor track is ranked 12. That came out yesterday. <laughs> Rowing is in the top 25. So we got a few more to, to add there. Um, but we're going to have a busy spring here on campus and, and really excited for all of our Duke student athletes. Well, well, just keep that driveway open. We might be coming back to tailgate this spring. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Nina, thank you. Safe travels, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. You bet. Nina King, Director of Athletics at Duke. We're grateful for her time. And areas covering two areas here. She's wearing a lot of hats, Oh, man. man. Holy smokes. All right. What, when we come back, we'll talk about the Elite Eight last night. Louisville is on to Minneapolis. And NC State, unfortunately, denied at the door in Bridgeport by UConn. We'll talk about that and more. Roy Williams at 9.30 on this edition of Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. A spring football continues this weekend on ACC Network. Friday night, 7 o'clock, Drew Carter, Barrett Brooks will be at the Dome in Central New York. Dino Babers expected to join us on Friday for the show, perhaps. Talk about the Orange Spring Game. And then Sunday, 4 o'clock, Louisville Spring Game from Cardinal Stadium in Derby City. Malik Cunningham, the headliner there as we get ready for Another round of spring football. Get ready because next weekend it really cranks up 
April 9th, <laughs> you'll be stacking them. Noon to midnight, spring football coverage on ACC Network always streams live on the ESPN app. Some conferences getting a head start on football this week. <laughs> yes, they are. Some are. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Not many still talking hoops. We do. Yeah. Uh, by the way, when news breaks out, we break in here, as you know. Congratulations this morning, Lars Tiffany. Yeah. Big contract extension as Big the money. lacrosse coach at uh, Virginia through 2026. One of our favorites on this program. Win a couple natties. Yeah. Conference extension. Stack them up. Carla Williams puts the paperwork together. And uh, Lars has a brand new deal. Our congratulations to Lars Tiffany this morning. Pat Narduzzi yesterday, Lars Tiffany today. We're just handing out news. You know, when you win hardware, it's funny how that works, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah, comes in handy, doesn't it? Sure does. All right, uh, we talked with Nina King. There were just terrific games last night uh, in the Elite Eight of the Women's Basketball Championship. And one in Bridgeport, one in Wichita. NC State was the top seed. And double overtime last night. UConn wins 91-87 is the final. Paige Becker's had 27. She had four at halftime, by the way. She, how good was she? Huh? Really she good. Put on a clinic. Yep, really good. Mid-range jump shot. Man, she's got it. Yep. Gifted player for Gino Ariema. Uh, NC State battled now. I mean, it's a heck of a ball game. What did you say? How many ties and lead changes? 26 lead changes, 18 ties. Holy smokes. It was that kind of game. I mean, these are two great teams. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the ladies, listen, at the end of the day, Louisville last right. night punches their ticket. Stanford is a one seed, the defending champ. Don Staley's got a brilliant program. Mm -hmm. the University of South Carolina. I mean, the ladies have some serious talent at the top. And Louisville meets South Carolina on Friday night because the cards are going to Minneapolis in the Target Center after a 62-50 win last night over Michigan. Haley Van Lith, another 20-point game. Uh, they outscore the Wolverines 17-7 in the fourth to post the 12-point win. Really happy for Jeff Walls. Fourth time to the Final Four. Yep. Every four-year player at Louisville has made it to the Final Four under Jeff Walls as a head coach. Yep. Haley Van Lith has been on fire yep. in March. Sure has. Been fantastic. Dominant, dominant player. And after the ball game now, uh, Kiana Smith, and Emily Inksler asked about Jeff Wall's influence on this team and really on them as women. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it'd be nice. Uh, Coach Wall's is, is this program. I mean, I'd say per, a personal story. When I was on my official visit, he told me in a one-on-one -on -one meeting, said, if you commit, I'll His take us back time. to the Final Four. And not, I mean, obviously not alone. Like, additions been every year, but we're here. Um, and it's awesome to just, like, look back on that moment. And Coach Walls is just an amazing coach. He pushes us and pushes me in ways that, like, sometimes I get frustrated with. But... Um, it got us here, and I'm just so thankful for him um, and his leadership, and I know he can lead us to a national championship. Emily? Yeah. Um, he's meant the world to me personally. Um, you know, I think it's been a, a, a difficult three years for me, and um, uh, he was just somebody who took me under his arms, didn't really care who I was or where I was coming from at a mental level, and um, I really appreciate him. He's a good person. 
Um, I love you too, man. He's a good person, and he's a good person on the court. He's just really fun to play for. He lets you be yourself, and he protects you, and um, you can trust him, and that's hard in this industry. So um, I'm grateful for him, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get him a national championship. A couple things from there. One, Emily Inksler is a terrific player. She did go through quite a bit in three years at Syracuse. And Jeff Walls, in a transfer situation, when the whole Quentin Hillsman deal evaporated in central New York, Emily Inksler has found a lot of comfort and confidence at Louisville. Give Jeff Walls his flowers on that one because she was a good player. She's become a great player playing for him. She, uh, you know, and to her credit, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you go through it. You you got to reach down deep into the soul and try yeah. to figure out, hey, what's life all about? But uh, this team is fun to watch. We talked about this all year. NC State and Louisville in particular at the very top of this league yep. have been teams that we thought could get to the Final Four and cut down the nets. NC State played great last night. They just came up just a touch short against another great team in UConn. Louisville's got a chance, right? But they're going to have to jump on the Gamecocks coming up on Friday. As I mentioned, Don Staley, great program. They've won a national title before. Uh, it's a great challenge. But as I said, you got to beat good teams to win it. You don't backdoor your way into a championship, whether we're talking about women's basketball, college football, or anything in between. Uh, Wes, you asked for the opportunity. Louisville's got the opportunity, yep. right? And so Friday, it's go time in Minneapolis for the Cards. I'm as intrigued by the matchup with South Carolina because of just the Aaliyah Boston being as good as she is. We She's just great. talked about Inksler, Cochran, all the different entities of this. And how does South Carolina defend the perimeter? Because Haley Van Lith, hey, Chester, that yep. little lefty you love. She's lighting it up, man. She has been fantastic. There's Chester. He's all uptight about everything from last night. He watched every play. Oh, I know. All right. On the other side, 930, bottom of the hour. I think he's carved out a few minutes for us on the way to hit a small bucket of balls this morning. Nothing wrong with retirement. No, no. I'm t- tell you what, though. My man was living and dying a little bit in the seats on Sunday. <laughs> we'll check in with Coach Roy when we come back after this on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. Not messing around. No, no. You need to get on with this. Let's get go. Right to it. Let's get right to it. Go ahead. Lead them in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here at the bottom of the hour, please welcome the uh, recently retired head basketball coach at the University of North Carolina. Please welcome Roy Williams to Packer and Durham this morning, live from the front porch. Good morning, coach. How are we? You guys doing all right this morning? We're good. Uh, I, I I appreciate you doing this. I, I jokingly just said going to break. I'm surprised you're not on the way to a small bucket of balls this morning. Still a little chilly. I drove 11 hours. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah? Okay. You're doing so I'm good. Waiting, I'm waiting to do that a little bit later today. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, how much fun has it been watching Hubert Davis and this North Carolina team turn it around from, hey, I'm not sure what this is going to be in January to, hey, let's go to New Orleans and win a national championship. How much fun has it been for you? You know, Mark, it's been great. And, and you and I both know there were a lot of naysayers out there snipping here and snipping there. The good news for me is I never looked at social media. The <laughs> one reason why I can't get on it. But uh, uh, I never look at that stuff. But I knew it was out there. My buddies would say something and I know that Hubert, same thing. He wasn't paying attention, but his 
people would say something. And, you know, so after that, you know, it, it, just watching the games and seeing our team get better and better all year long was really a lot of fun. And uh, during the games, I'm more nervous than I ever was in any game I ever coached. i tell you the funniest thing, and I don't want to talk your whole show, but seriously, for 33 years, most of the games, I would never look at score in the first half. I wanted to decide how we were playing because what I thought, not just looking to score. You know, the other team may bank one in and you play great defense or you run a great play and they just missed the layup or whatever. So I would never look at the score until I'd walk off the floor at the Smith Center and then look up at the clock right up above the tunnel. And uh, uh, now Caleb's got the ball and I look at the score and he passes to RJ and I look at the score again. Not even Degum shots been taken. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I, look, I look at the score every single possession. You know, it doesn't change when nobody the basket doesn't go in. And I'll look at it again as the team starts going down. But uh, it's a lot more nervous for me. And it, uh, during the course of the game, I don't know that I was never nervous a single time in a basketball game. I was just trying to uh, decide what was next. Uh, but sitting there in the stands, oh, my gosh, it's a different deal, boy. Uh, can I tell you that there uh, there used to be a radio announcer that did your games retired in 2011 and his first year sitting in the seats he didn't like it very much either he he said it was a lot different and, and a little bit more uncomfortable to be honest with you well I don't know that I would say it's uncomfortable because you know it's uh, I enjoy making our runs and when they're the other teams making their runs I uh, I just try to say okay we've got to do this better we got to do that better but uh, no to me I'm always in the games when I coast, I never thought about the outcome. And, you know, it's about you guys have heard golfers talk. They, they think about the routine, their, whatever their key is in their swing. And during the basketball games when I was coaching, it was always next play. But during the sitting in the stands, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we're down five and there's uh, 44 minutes left in a 40-minute game. <laughs> but I'm still nervous about the dadgum game, the outcome. And uh, I never thought about the outcome when I was coaching. Listen, you're down in Charleston, South Carolina, which is one of the great cities in America. Mm -hmm. You're going to go hit balls later this afternoon. You're talking about getting nervous. I can only imagine what you're going to be going through on Saturday when your good buddy Jay Wright's in the Final Four, your relationship with the University of Kansas and what it means to college basketball, uh, your ties to the University of North Carolina and upset, and, and the relationship you've got with Duke because yeah. you've been part of the incredible tradition mm -hmm. and history yeah, you know, I kidded around the other day that this Final Four is my kind of Final Four, but Roy, quite frankly, this is your kind of Final Four. The Blue Bloods are here, aren't they, boys? <laughs> yeah, Good God Almighty. You know, there, there's no somebody looking for a magic slipper. It's, uh, you know, I hate it for Jay. God Almighty, the more kid getting hurt. And, you know, how can you have anything worse than that? That's the, that's the biggest negative of the whole thing is that kid has been a big-time player. I loved him when he was in high school many years ago. And to Terry's Achilles, as soon as he went down, I'm sitting there watching the game with my two oldest grandsons, and I said, I think he just tore his Achilles. And mm. so that's the sad thing. But other than that, it's just a, a really high, high quality, high level. And, you know, you got a one and you got a two. And I get, uh, was Villanova a four or what was two. Villanova? Two, two, a two. two. So you got one, two, two, uh, eight, and I happen to think we're playing better than anybody, but still got to play on game day. Um, the Carolina Duke event on Saturday night, I mean, for all the years you've seen this, 
Is it unique and is the key to keep it normal and make it just like a normal Carolina Duke game if such a thing exists? Well, I think it's a heck of a lot more normal than the last game was over at Cameron. That was the one that was the the event. Uh, but I think this is Final Four, and you can forget about who's coaching, who's leaving coaching, who used to coach, who was a coach 500 years ago, play the freaking game. And so to me, this one's more normal. And, you know, the fact that it's at the Final Four, uh, you know, I know some people say, God, I wish it was uh, on Monday night. Well, my God, so does Mike and Hubert. They wish it was on Monday night, too. Uh, but uh, the bottom line is it's it's a big-time game. First time I was ever in the Final Four. Yeah. Uh, in 1991, uh, we played North Carolina, and I thought that was a big-time game. I was coaching at Kansas, but the other game was uh, Vegas and uh, uh, Duke. And everybody acted like that was for the Dagum National Championship. A general basketball fan, if you ask who won the national championship in 91, they'll say Duke, that Duke won, they beat the Vegas. And that really ticks me off because, <laughs> by God, we were in the game, you know, but all the attention was uh, on the Duke-Vegas uh, game. And Mike did maybe one of his best jobs he's ever done by not letting the kids get too overwhelmed because Vegas had beaten them like 30 the year before, and he didn't let them get too overwhelmed about revenge or that game and we just beat them and he said hey we got to play again on monday night and uh, even the other day i seth reese and, and huggy were on the air and they talked about the first game the, when duke won their first national championship and i forget who said it it did but it said when duke won the first national championship they didn't have the best talent but they had him well that ticked me off because god almighty they had bobby hurley and grand hill and christian Leitner and you guys no basketball you won't be able to name three starters for my Kansas team. And only one of them ever got drafted. So when he won his first national championship, he did have more talent than the other team. <laughs> Both of you tried. Name name three starters from my 91 team that played All for right. the national championship. Mark Randall. Yep. All right. Um, Richard Scott. Nope. No. Oh. Was Pollard on that team? Was Pollard on the team? Nope. And you two guys are experts. God, well, Kevin, listen, Kevin Pritchard, Kevin Pritchard on that team. <laughs> you know, hey, coach, you want something ironic about? I, just, I told this story the other day. I, I was at the game, and it's my favorite uh -huh. Final Four because it had such an incredible storyline. And I've always wanted yeah. to ask you this question. I never have, but I mean, we know how that your semifinal game ended against North yeah. Carolina, and Pavia throws yeah. Dean out of the game, which was crazy. Well, what did he? What did he say to you? When he, when he shook your hand. Do you remember that exchange? Yeah, oh, God, I remember it like it was this morning. Walked down, he said, you know, I didn't do this intentionally. And I said, I know that, Coach. It just pisses me off, excuse my language, because I was thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. The person of Coach Smith's statues and the statue and of that stature, excuse me, and at that moment in the game, it was ridiculous. The game was already over with. And so for somebody to act like it, they wanted to be a big shot. So, And Pete Pavi is a good official, but he made a bad judgment, in my opinion, in that game. And I'll tell you, I'll get you guys in. You can beat anybody in the world on a trivia question. 91 Duke with Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner, Thomas Hill, Tony O'Lang, all those guys. They beat North Carolina in the uh, Kansas team. They started Adonis Jordan, Terry Brown, Alonzo Jameson, Mike Maddox and Mark Randall. Now, you tell me they didn't have better talent than the other yeah, team. Come on, yeah. man. No, Come on, right. man. Yeah. You're right. You're exactly right. Um, no, that, 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 this Final Four, 
I do really believe will be about the game. The last game in Cameron was about Mike, but I think this is going to be about the game. Can I um, can I share something with you? Because I know how much you thought of this guy. And we ran two lists today. Uh, First-year coaches to make the Final Four, of which Hubert Davis joins the list, and coaches mm-hmm. in their last year to make a Final Four. Do you know who's on both lists? Bill Guthridge. <laughs> he was my coach. That doesn't surprise me. I think I would have gotten that. I really do believe I would have gotten that. You know, Al McGuire, his last game, they sure. won it, and I was in there watching it. I'm the really intelligent basketball coach at Owen High School and did a pool for all the faculty. And so I drew the pool. I drew Marquette. And I thought, oh, golly, bumming the principal drew Tennessee. And he had, they had the Ernie and the Bernie show. So I traded. I gave Marquette to oh. my high school principal and took Tennessee. That's how smart this basketball coach was. But in, in, in some ways, isn't it remarkable Bill Guthridge is on that list for both, Coach? But just because of you know, how good a basketball was, mind he was? No, he was as, as good as you can be. And he understood the things that he was not strong at and had people around him who were strong. He was so intelligent, so organized, so competitive that it doesn't surprise me. And I loved the man. I really did. Yeah. And like I say, I played for him on the freshman team. But that's a trivia question that you can ask 100 times and 101 times people will miss that one. All right, so the key for a North Carolina win Uh-oh. against Duke, I'll let you put your coaching hat on now, is what Saturday? Oh, it's easy. Ball's got to go in the daggum basket. No, I get that part. <laughs> that's easy. Hey, you know, now I know you're on the front porch. <laughs> that's right. Hey, just think of this terms right here. The ball always looks better. I mean, everything looks better when that ball goes in the basket. But, all right, they kicked our tails the first game. In the second game, we kicked their tails. They were so emotional, I thought it was just off the charts. But I would have loved to have coached that game at Cameron because nobody except Roy Williams thought North Carolina was going to win the game. And I'm serious. Nobody thought they were. But I really thought we had a great chance. And if I were a betting man, I would have bet on North Carolina because all the pressure was on Duke. Now it's going to be about a basketball game. Duke's got unbelievable talent. And when their shots are going in, they can beat anybody. We've got really good, good talent. And when our shots are going in, when Caleb and RJ are making some of those shots, Brady Mannix one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. When he's making his shot, that gives Armando all that space inside. Now, Mark Williams is a big-time challenge for Armando. But to answer your question, I think the team that can stay focused and poised the longest, because I think it will go down to the end of the game, the team that stays focused and can, and can stay in control of their emotions – longest part of the game i think they're going to win the game i think it's going to be a great game mike it's one of the best one of the best of all time and and, you know he's got pressure on him and all the attention i think in some parts has been a negative but at the same time he's got a big time team we've got a big time team that i think is playing better basketball than anybody else in the tournament right now we've got a coach hubert davis is fantastic i don't care first year last year doesn't make any difference Secretary won the triple crown. He won it only one time. Well, that's the only time he ran the daggum thing. And uh, you know, it's 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 this right now. It's this game, Monday night. And Hubert, as my expectations for Hubert Davis were off the charts, off the charts. And I pushed so hard to get him to be our coach. And I tell you, I was happier. And I mean this, guys. I was happier 
after that game, take them to the Final Four than any game I've ever coached in my life. And, and let's be honest, you guys, I don't read the social media. I couldn't get social media. I don't know what the hell Instagram is, you know, YT, YouTube, whatever it is. I don't know any of that stuff. But I know there were people snipping at him for a long time. And that was, I told him, so don't look at the stuff. But people around you look at it. People around you, sometimes your family members see it. And so that's something that I was so disgusted with. And But I tell you, boys, he's as good as there is. And yeah. he's only going to get better. So it's, it's, uh, this is going to be a great night for uh, Hubert Davis. It's going to be a great night for college basketball. And I'm as excited as I can be. Uh, before we let you go, real quick, this is in uh... – in Mississippi, uh, the Mississippi River runs through New Orleans. I know how you are about the Mississippi, so I'm going to guess there'll be a walk on Saturday, and, and if it goes well Saturday, you'll be walking down by the river on Monday? Well, let me ask you a question. First of all, there's I lost, I'm sure you lost me for a second because uh, there was another call coming in. But, Wes, New Orleans is in Louisiana. You right. said it was in Mississippi. No, no, I said on, the Mississippi man. River. The Mississippi River coach is in New Orleans. You said Mississippi. You okay, I'm that. sorry. All right. I'll bet Mi- you a golf <laughs> I'll, I'll buy you a dozen. I owe you one. Uh, but are okay. you going to take that river walk on Saturday? Uh, yeah, for some reason it seems just sort of the right thing to do. It's not that big a deal, but, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> uh, Let me tell you guys. Every time I've been there spitting it, it worked every time except one. So I got go. a pretty good percentage. Coach, I know you probably don't care, but I just checked on Twitter, which is social media. They think that you're the best guest we've ever had. But that doesn't matter, right? That's a, that's a non-factor. Well, if my mom was alive, she would have always – and she knew anything about Twitter, she would have gone on there a thousand times. So it may not be <laughs> up, in, up in heaven somewhere, she's rigged that contest, boy. <laughs> hey, uh, best of Wanda, thank you for the time. Hope to see you this weekend. All right, guys, I'll be down there. Look forward to seeing you guys. And uh, you guys – and I say this very sincerely. You guys have been fantastic. I see about – one show out of every about 100 and hear you about one out of every 100. But I've never heard anybody say anything bad about what you guys are doing. So keep it up. You guys have been great, and you're great for the ACC. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Be well. See you soon. You Roy Williams up. in Charleston. You bet. Uh, when we come back, off to Charlottesville, the new head women's basketball coach at Virginia is with us next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham podcast. Packer and Durham power hour continues. Appreciate Roy Williams joining us. Same thing with Nina King, but we're yeah. not done. Get no, me, no. Going to have a new debut here on the yeah. program. Uh, close the show here. Back curve of the program, uh, five nine five, and we are off to Charlottesville. And Amaka Agugwe Hamilton is the brand new head women's basketball coach at the University of Virginia. Did I hit that right? Did how did I do, Coach Mox? I'm surprised you did very well. Thank you. <laughs> I'm done. Good night. We're tapping I'm done. out. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> tapping out. Uh, how fast is it moving right now for you? I can only imagine. I mean, you do a phenomenal job, Missouri State. You beat FSU in the in the first round, right? And then the next, like a week later, you're the new basketball coach at Virginia. I mean, better keep your running shoes on, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a fast process, but it's it's just a blessing. I mean, that's kind of how these things happen, um, you know, and once you get named, you got to get 
get your life moved, get everything turned around really quickly, get your staff together. So it's a whirlwind, but I wouldn't tra- change it for the world. Great challenge, though, isn't it? I mean, this is a school that's had great basketball mm-hmm. traditions, going through some tough times. It's an incredible place to live. Uh, facilities, the whole deal. I, I figured this. you had this opportunity. You said, hey, I can't say no to this job. No way. It was a no-brainer for me. Um, UVA, obviously, has had tremendous history in the past. And just the people there, Carla Williams, um, our administration, it, it was just a family feel. And that was what I was looking for. And obviously, facilities are out this world. Um, and then I'm close to home. I'm home. You know, so for mm-hmm. me, this was the perfect job in all fronts. And it was just a no-brainer. All right, you're one of only four coaches in Division One to win 60 of their first 70 games as a head coach. Uh, your pedigree before becoming a head coach was terrific. So you, you got this head coach thing licked. I mean, you you put up a, a heck of a tenure, 74 and 15, and an unbelievable record in Missouri Valley. So what's the secret for you? <laughs> There's no secret. You know, obviously I'm confident in what I do and what my staff does and and my ability to, you know, build relationships and mentor young young ladies. But at the end of the day, God is, you know, all the go- all the glory goes to God for me. And I think, you know, I, I don't have anything, I guess, you, you know, down pat. I think we're always evolving as people, as coaches. And, you know, I just want to stick to the process. But I'm very confident in what I can do. And, and I know there's obviously this is a rebuild and a challenge, but I know that it's one that I'm up for and we'll, we'll do well. And recruiting is going to be a vital piece. Yeah, it's all about players at some point in time. you got to have them. Uh, but you know what? I'm sure you took inventory not only your team but also this league. You saw Florida State in the postseason. Louisville punched their ticket last night. The NC State-UConn game was as, as great a women's basketball game as you'd want to see. But just basketball game. It was just incredible drama, great players left and right. This is a really talented group, though. I mean, listen, you, you take inventory of this league. It's not just one or two teams you got to beat. There's a bunch of them in this conference. And that's what you want to do. I mean, if you want to be one of the best, you have to beat the best. And there's some great teams in the ACC um, right now and historically. So I just feel blessed to be a part of this conference. I know we're going to compete at a high level. Um, we're going to develop the players that we have currently, and we're going to recruit. And um, I'm confident that we'll be able to coach them up. So it's just it's just an honor to be a part of this league. These teams are great. We played a couple of these teams while I was at Missouri State and even this past season. Uh, you mentioned Florida State. We also played Virginia Tech. So we we know what this league is about, and um, we're ready for it for sure. Amaka, that's got to be you embrace the challenge here. I mean, you you just talked about it. I mean, you and your staff obviously great success in the Valley. What? How do you how do you build the principles? What are you looking for? You put a punch list together. You know Virginia's had a tough couple of years here. Yet you know their players, especially in the DMV. I mean, how does that kind of work for you as you start to rebuild their basketball fortune? Well, first and foremost is culture for me. You know, I got to set the culture and make sure that everybody buys into that. You know, you got to pour into the student athletes. Um, They're they're the ones that, you know, are going to get out there on the court and run through a wall for you. So it's really important for me. I'm a relationship coach. And, um, you know, so we got to set the environment and we've already started to do that. And then, you know, you got to develop players. And I'm very confident in what we do with that. And we that kind of, you know, what we did at Missouri State kind of speaks for itself and mm-hmm. and how many individual accolades we had on our team. And we had none before I got there and ended up having a couple player of the year or defensive player of the years, player of the years, um, you know, five all-conference, first-team all-conference kids and three defensive teams. So the list goes on. So I know we're going to develop these kids, but we got to get out there and recruit. And there's a hotbed right there in the state of Virginia, but then all, all up and down the East Coast. 
And, uh, you know, so we just have to hit the ground running like we have with recruiting and then pour into the student athletes that are currently there. And, um, you know, the culture is a big piece. And, and that's something that we're very confident in. Coach, we'll get a chance to know you a little bit more personally as we have more and more interviews. But one question we've been asking coaches here mm-hmm. for the last couple months, and this is your debut. So we'll find out a little bit more about your personality with this answer. Is what is your walk-up music? What's the song to get you absolutely energized every day? Whether it be out recruiting, getting ready on game day, maybe it's trying—I don't know. You tell me. What what's the song that's in your head to get you absolutely fired up? Uh, I would have to say "Big" by Pastor Mike Jr. Okay, all right. We're, we're you know there, there's there's a couple you know we gotta get you with Leonard Hamilton. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> Leonard's got all that gospel music. Leonard's going got on a down label. In Tallahassee, Leonard's y'all. got a label of Maka. He's not messing around. He got a record label. Leonard yeah. not just liking it. Yeah. He's he's uh branding it as they say. So. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. But if you listen to that song, I think if you guys listen to that song, it'll get you hyped too. All right. You know, and Earl Grant up there at uh, Boston College. Earl Grant, yeah. Another one yeah. that uh, said, hey, I'm all about the gospel music, man. Let's go down that road. Hey, great to have you with us. Thank you so much for the time. We wish you the best. Look forward to catching up soon. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. You bet. Amaka Agugwe Hamilton is Virginia's new women's basketball coach. Florida State, by the way. Yet to announce a successor to Sue Simmer. Syracuse has a new one. Syracuse does too. We'll talk tomorrow. to Felicia Leggett Jack tomorrow. Busy show on a Tuesday. Seth Greenberg, Kelly Gramlick, Nina King, Roy Williams, Coach Mox. Can you imagine what Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday may look like, sir? And Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And then Tuesday is 600. <laughs> oh, wait, Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. we're working Saturday? Yeah. I gotta check the email. Yeah, yeah, it might help. No, no, can't quit worrying about top five shots and deal with the present, it right? Might help. Yeah, same. We we have a busy agenda coming up here for the next seven days. Uh, Bubba Cunningham will be with us tomorrow, and Felicia Leggett Jack, the new women's coach at Syracuse. And Nina King confirmed that both Duke and North Carolina will be taking separate planes. Yeah, to New Orleans. Scott Satterfield also on the show tomorrow. Yeah, making yeah. a note there. Spring game coming up. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. Pro days going on. Pro days. In NC State is today, by the way. Yep. Icky Iguanu uh, working out, and it is expected. This will be one of the few pro days you can say this. Every general manager <laughs> is at the pro day in Raleigh. I tell you what, if I had the first pick, Jacksonville, that's my guy. Yeah. I think they're going to take Aiden Hutchinson, but I, I know what you mean. I'm just going to tell you, you, you just took Trevor Lawrence. You got to protect Trevor Lawrence. I agree. I want the big man from NC State. I don't Panthers. disagree with it. I think they're going to go pass for us, but I, I think you're right. I'm down here in the basement with you and dogs. Uh, thanks to uh, Brian Ives, Drew Brooks, Lisa Friday on a Tuesday. Great job. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, another edition of Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.